Welcome, friend. Follow me. We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we are going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the Warning Woods. I enjoy a casual stroll along the sidewalk each evening. A narrow forest lines the sidewalk's northern side and separates my neighborhood from the one on the next hill over. I love to stare between the trees and watch for a groggy owl just waking up for breakfast, or a squirrel huddled in the armpit of a branch trying to avoid being breakfast. As the seasons change, so do the sounds. In fall, I crush fallen leaves beneath my feet and hear the sounds of more cascading to the forest floor. In winter, the snow dulls almost every sound but the crunch of frozen crystals beneath my boots. Spring brings the little pollen kernels that pop under my feet and alert the forest's young, virile inhabitants of my presence. I often hear them scurrying away from me, but can't always see them through the thick undergrowth. Summer might be the one time of year my feet don't make any sound but the occasional scuff, but that's when the forest is most alive with its own sounds. Most notably, the pulsating chirping of thousands of cicadas. I'm sure it bothers some people, but to me, it's a lovely, nostalgic sound that makes me long for boyhood, staying out until dark chasing my friends around with sticks or riding our bikes all over God's creation, or at least our little slice of it. So, as I finished my nightly routine, I found myself wandering both in body and soul as I listened to the cicada's rhythm. But then I was stopped in my tracks. There was another sound in the woods tonight, one that didn't belong. It sounded like a little girl's laugh and was followed by a rustle in the brush. Concerned as to why a child might be playing in the woods so late, I approached the forest with caution. Hello? I called over the thick brush and into the trees. Come with us, a small voice whispered back. This one sounded different, young, but male. I walked closer and noticed the hem of a gray, or maybe dirty, dress poking out from behind a tall, piney bush. I see you. Come on out. You should be getting home now, I coaxed. No, both voices responded in unison. You come to us. Something in their synchronized tone chilled me to the core, but I obeyed. I didn't think there could be any harm in it. They were only children, after all. When I stepped around the bush, they had their backs to me. Two children, both about as tall as ten-year-olds, with the same shoulder-length black hair. All right, you two, I said with impatience dampening my voice. Turn around and let's go. I'll lead you home. They giggled. If I had closed my eyes in that moment, their laughter might have sounded like the innocuous tittering of two naughty children, but their bodies did not match the sounds they made. They remained perfectly still as they laughed. No bouncing shoulders, no shaking heads. It was then I realized their hair and clothes seemed impervious to the cool night breeze as well. These dark children with their wispy black hair seemed, I can think of no better word, 
detached from the rest of the world. Finally, as if on some mysterious cue, they both turned to face me. Their skin was pale like porcelain in moonlight, but marked with dark splotches. They didn't look like bruises, more like water stains on paper. Their eyes, though, their eyes were what sunk my heart and stole the breath from my lungs. From the pupils to their pale, lashless eyelids, their eyes were pitch black and soulless. Come with us, they demanded. All humor and childishness had been removed from their small voices. They had taken on a sinister undertone, something I had heard in movies with special effects, but never imagined a real child could imitate. I ran as fast as I dared through the dark streets and back to my house. Every few steps, I looked over my shoulder to make sure the black-eyed children weren't following me. I was relieved to see no one behind me, but still didn't feel safe. I got home, burst through the door, and locked it behind me. In my bedroom, buried in my sock drawer, I had a 9mm handgun that I hadn't shot in years. I never thought I would need it, but now worried I might. But then I imagined leveling a loaded gun at the children, and all other thoughts ceased to exist. What was I thinking? The children's appearance had been terrifying, and their insistence had been creepy, yes, but they were still just kids. Kids I had seen in the dark. Odds were I had just seen shadows on their skin and eyes. They were probably just trying to pull some kind of weird prank on me. As my heart settled, I conducted my nightly routine. When I opened my sock drawer and saw the barrel of my gun poking out, I shook my head and scolded myself again for my earlier thoughts. I had just slid under the covers intending to force myself to sleep when someone knocked on my front door. It was now after 10 o'clock, and I knew most of my neighbors would be fast asleep or heading that direction. I hesitantly went to see who it could possibly be. The fishbowl that was my porch looked empty through the peephole, but then, Seemingly from nowhere and everywhere at once, I heard two small voices whispering, Come with us, come with us, come with us. I pressed my ear against the door. I don't know why, it was just something to do. As if they knew exactly where I was, one of them slammed into the door right by my head and caused me to stumble back. The voices whispered again in unison, Let us in. Although I couldn't see them, I knew it was those black-eyed children waiting for me to open the door. I couldn't guess what they wanted from me, but I didn't intend to find out. As they continued to pound and demand I open the door, I quietly grabbed my car keys off the rack next to the door and snuck to the garage. The hinges of the side door squealed as I opened it, and I heard the pounding on my front door stop short. They heard me. They must have. I stopped worrying about keeping quiet and dashed to my car. With the garage still closed, I turned over the ignition. I wanted to be ready to speed away the second I opened the garage to the outside world and what was waiting for me in the darkness. A heavy sigh escaped my lungs as I pressed the remote and the sectional door began to raise behind my car. I watched it slide up in the rearview mirror, revealing two sets of little feet standing just outside the garage. As the door rose, tiny legs, arms, and finally, two blank faces appeared. I felt they were daring me to back over them. The thought of it gave me the same sickly feeling the idea of shooting them had, and for a moment, I hesitated. They terrified me to no end, but they were still children. 
My foot hovered over the gas and I stared into their black eyes watching me through the exhaust clouds in the mirror. Death. Death is what I saw in those eyes and death is what those children intended for me. I knew it and chose to survive. I let my foot hammer the gas and the tires screeched as my car lurched backward. The little figures didn't move. I prepared for impact, the horrific feeling of their tiny bodies beneath me, but it never came. I screeched down my driveway and bounced as my car hit the street where I stopped for a moment. My headlights were lighting up the driveway and yard. There were no black-eyed children in sight. Cracking my window slightly, I listened for their ominous voices on the night air, but all I heard were crickets and a distant owl. I breathed a sigh of relief and, for a moment, let myself believe I had beaten them. It was easier than I'd expected. Too easy, someone would have said if this was a movie. That someone would have been right. My car's stereo sputtered to life. The speakers rattled with sounds of giggling children at deafening volume. Something pulled on the passenger door handle. Thank God the car automatically locked when it was in gear. A second later, my door handle was yanked by an invisible force. They kept trying the handles again and again, pulling them and letting them snap back. I could hear the springs twanging inside the doors and wondered if it was possible to break them. What would happen then? Would the doors stay shut or swing open and expose me? The voices in the stereo stopped giggling and started whispering instead. Come with us, come with us, come with us. I released the brakes, slammed the gas, and sped away, burning rubber again. The voices in the stereo screamed, not in agony, but in anger. I kept my eyes straight ahead. I wasn't sure if the kids were still clinging to my car doors and didn't really want to know. Let us in! I heard one of my speakers rupture and drove faster than I ever should have through the dark, residential area. I tried turning off the stereo but found the knob was already pushed in, indicating it should have been off already. The voices were causing my mind to fragment, little pieces scattering every which way. Let us in, they shrieked. Leave me alone, I finally shouted. You can't come in. You can never come in. My outburst was immediately met with a dissonant, ear-splitting shriek. It was so loud it caused me to flinch and continued for an impossibly long time. I couldn't take it anymore. As my car roared down the street, I took my hands off the wheel to cover my ears. One tire hit a curb and the car careened off the road. Before I could react, I was speeding straight into the forest. My car smashed against a tree, sending me through the windshield. I also smashed into the thick trunk and landed amidst broken glass on the crumpled hood of my car, unable to move. I croaked for help but didn't think anyone would hear me. We will help you, I heard the children whisper. I tried to tell them no, but my voice failed me. I was helpless to stop them as they approached, filling my blurry vision. Everything went black. He's back, I heard the distant voice but didn't know where it came from. Even more distant than the man's voice were approaching sirens. Had help arrived? Had I been rescued? I tried to speak, but like before, my voice didn't respond to my command. Sir, can you hear me? I'm a paramedic. You've been in an accident. Another voice joined the paramedics. This one sounded disturbed. What's wrong with his eyes? They're black. My eyes? My eyes were open? Then why couldn't I see? I tried to speak again, but failed. I tried moving my hands or anything, really, to communicate with the paramedics. 
No part of my body would respond. I couldn't see, move, or speak. Although I could hear, that sense felt weak, and I feared it was fading. The voices had a strange, echoey quality. Whoa, whoa, sir, please stay still. We don't want you to hurt yourself, one of the medics said. I felt confused and a little panicked. I hadn't moved. I couldn't. So why was he telling me to stay still? Don't worry, it's just us, the two small voices said in unison. Their voices didn't echo like the paramedics. They sounded much closer, as if they were inside my head with me. Sir, please lay back down. You've lost a lot of... The man made a gurgling sound and his partner started shouting. There was a terrible crunch and a thud. Then both men were silent. What are you doing? I demanded. I didn't use my voice to speak. I simply thought the words and heard them projected inside my head. You asked for help. We came for you, the children said. I still saw only blackness and their voices seemed to come from every direction. I didn't ask for your help. You're not welcome here. You can't be in my head. The voices whispered incoherently, and I felt sure they were only speaking to each other and not to me. We will come again, the boy said. And when we do, you will welcome us, the girl said. I shouted, get out, and then my vision returned. My hearing became normal once more, and I realized how close the approaching sirens were. I tried to move, then to speak but failed at both. I could only move my eyes, which is how I learned the children had snapped one of the paramedics' necks and smashed the other's face in with a large rock. I was never suspected for the murders because to this day, I remain paralyzed from the neck down. My voice has returned as a weak shadow of its former self, but that's been the only silver lining. Now I know what the children meant when they said I would welcome them when they came again. But they were wrong. I'll never give in to them. Even if it means I never take another step again. They may have stolen my body from me, but I'll never let them keep it. Although, I have to admit, I do miss my evening walks. You made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. The next best way is to buy merch from thewarningwoods.myshopify.com. The link is also in the description below. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at thewarningwoods. If you feel ready, Meet me here next week for another journey into the Warning Woods. Thank you for listening.